0: Warning: The following episode of That Mental Gender show contains strong language and adult themes. All right trip. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of That Mental Ginger Show is recorded at Scuff Studios in Swanston Street, Glasgow. If you're looking to do podcasts, music or any creative passions, these guys will have you covered. For more information, contact Scuff Studios at scuffed.studios.gla at gmail.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram and drop them a message. Scuff Studios, to nurture your creative passions. Hello and welcome to That Mental Ginger Show with your host, Andrew Durning, a.k.a. The Mental Ginger. Well, my three faithful followers, first of all, we are back in Scuff Studios, back where we belong. I want to thank Ross, our videographer, who's going to be helping out. I want to thank Matthew Hilly and Alan for doing the sound. And let's dive into the interview. We have a lovely guest, actress, and has a bit of knowledge in the construction industry, which I'm sure we'll dive into, Geraldine Greenhill. Geraldine, thank you so much for coming on. Good morning. Great. Thanks for asking me. No, that's not a problem. Well, I'm just glad they actually reached out. For those that weren't in the know, I was going through a wee phase of like, doing marketing and adding comedians and like, the social media scene who would be interested in participating. Most of them thought I was trying to uh, con them with a Bitcoin scam. <laughs> But no, I was actually just doing this, what my own research, see what they were like, if they were interested in being part of the madness. And Geraldine was one of the people that very kindly agreed. So, Geraldine, mm-hmm. what I like to do with every guest is to start off by telling their origin story, because if there's one thing we all have in common, we mm-hmm. all have an origins. So on your own time, please tell our listeners your origin story.
1: Well, I suppose um, for me starting to, you know, I was... Part of I'm part of a family of seven, wow. and uh, so that in itself probably uh, helped me to to do the acting that I've went on to do in life. Mm. Um, but you know, I just had a sort of fairly grew up with the two brothers and uh, four sisters, and mm. we, you know, it was a great happy. Fun loving family, Mm. and I never had many issues there, I have to say. Yeah, I'm glad
0: that a family of seven sounds fun loving to me. It sounds like my worst fucking nightmare. No, (laughs) I've been been, been twin boys, and I look at it like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. that's one more than I was expecting.
1: (laughs) I don't know how, I don't know how, when I look back now, I don't know how, in all honesty, my mum and daddy put up with us all, you know what I mean? But they did. And obviously, and it was just, it was brilliant. I honestly can't say that, you know, we obviously had probably our moments like everybody Mm -hmm. else, but yeah, it was good, it was good to have to. Say. overall, it was a it was a good upbringing that we had, and um, but we were brought up where it was about uh, responsibility. As mm. soon as you got to a certain point in your life, you you know, my mommy would say things like, um, "Oh, they're looking for somebody in such and such a place for a mm-hmm. job." So, for me to to want to go on to do uh, something like acting, I didn't even know what what performing arts or acting was about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, phoned, I happened to phone up one of my sisters one night and she said, oh, we're going over to do this workshop thing, which I went over to. Mm-hmm. And it was about people getting together to do acting and acting out certain parts. And I thought, this is brilliant. This, this is like exactly what we used to do at the back garden as kids. Yeah. We used to put on wee shows, you know, because like... Nobody really had money to go and like, nowadays when they take their kids. Everything is nowadays for children is take them to something that somebody else has organised, an event. Mm. Um, but back then it was like, for us, it was, if you done something, it was usually done on the street and all the kids got together and, mm-hmm. and you know, had shows out the back garden, so yeah. to speak, you know. Um, so that was for me and, and that was... Where I think I found my love of doing performing arts.
0: And just doing like the performances in the back garden.
1: Yes. Yeah. Very much so. so I love that. So how Character old were you garden. when,
0: if you don't mind me asking, like,
1: when you started like uh, doing what like,
0: the, like, the performance workshops?
1: Um, I think I was about twenty-one mm. at that point. Um, but I had got married at uh, eighteen years of age, so mm. I was. Fairly young, married, and so to me, this was something that I went along to, which was uh, in the Glasgow Art Centre. All right. Um, and uh, it was brilliant. It was just something that's was sad and still sadly lacking even today, because it was mm-hmm. places that people congregated in, and uh, an awful lot of people that I have met that have went on to have. You know, more well-known uh, mm. success you'll see within the industry it all came from those days within the Glasgow mm. Art Centre. So,
0: uh, is there any names that you could drop that you were that you knew? Uh, back there in,
1: was. There? Well, I went to. Um, I was became part of Mayfest, yeah. um, and I was that was my very first ever play, and I didn't even know what an addition was. Um, I turned up for the workshop and they said, now don't forget folks, next week is audition week. What's an addition? Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, so I went off and I asked the girl who was running it, Alexis, and uh, I said to her, "Um, what does that involve? And she said, well, basically it involves, you know, you would do an extract from a play or a book and you would just read that off. So I thought, I don't even know where to start with this. Yeah. So I I said, could I write something? If I write mm. something, and she said, yeah. But, you know, you're only going in to do that yourself. So I'd done this, it, you know, it sarcastic woman at a party. I, I wouldn't One, picture that from you at all, not at all. Thank you. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'd done. And I went, was really shocked when I we went back the couple of weeks after that and they, they started to dish out the parts for the play and uh, I landed the sort of lead role in that particular play and I'd never been on a stage in my, my life. Oh there we go. So mm. it was it was it was delightful and it it was it was good for me to actually have that to do. But um it, Mayfest was going on at that time in Glasgow. It was a huge thing. It was brilliant, absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, but we didn't realise that we were part of something that was good. But within that was um I remember going into the pubs and sitting amongst people like uh, Gregor Fisher, Alan Cumming, and, you know, sitting just sitting there and having good conversations and everybody talking about the arts and the up-and-coming arts that were happening then in Glasgow. Wow,
0: mm-hmm. that's brilliant. Mm.
1: So after your first starring role, what, uh, what did you do after that? Uh, well, basically, uh, as I say, it was um, Alexis, my director at that time, had really said to me, you should go for to be part of the academy um mm. so and I, again this is where it comes back to the upbringing that you have so mm-hmm. the upbringing that i had was that's not a job mm. right so and I, and plus as well as i say i was newly married so i had responsibilities didn't have children in lab like i had responsibilities of bills and stuff like mm-hmm. that so and i had a job at that time which was starting off in the uh, construction industry, part of the construction industry mm-hmm. at that time. And um, so uh, what happened was I did put the application form in for the academy mm-hmm. and I did go and I got through all the stages. Wow. And But at the same time, I had been offered, and this is what I call my sliding doors moment, mm. I had been offered a promotion within the company that I worked for. Right. And the big thing was you got a wee bit extra money, but I was going to get a company car. Well, wow. So, so that was, so so that was I, a sliding doors moment? Yeah, and I got the letter through on the same day to say that I was supposed to go and see somebody in the office. And I got the letter through to say that I'd been accepted for the academy. Oh. And I, But I didn't, I hadn't, so I had to say I'm going to be responsible and, and mm. stick with the job because I can still go and do my performing arts but do it on... I'm a bit wary about saying amateur stroke professional. You, you're amateur, you know what I mean, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, Because so that's what I done, and that's how I that's how I've continued to this day. I don't know whether I was a scaredy cat, you know, that I wouldn't make the money. Because I don't when, think you know,
0: it was a case of that you were scared. It was it was mm. your upbringing. Well,
1: and Absolutely,
0: this that's is... that was the same with my upbringing as well. Mm. Like it was what well, my parents were more than happy that I was doing acting when I was in primary school or I was in high school. Yeah, but. When I said that I wanted to go further with it, my parents, well, at 17, 18, when I was starting to come up for getting a job time, well, my parents started freaking out. Well, and yeah, thinking, well, exactly. Probably thinking he's going to be living with us until he's dead.
1: which <laughs> mm. <laughs> is exactly?
0: Yep. So, but what had happened was I wanted out of school at fifth year.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, my, my parents wanted me to finish the full term. And they said to me, well, you can leave school if you get a job uh, before your exams. There was a fortnight before my exams. So no, I went to a Skill Seekers and got a job gosh. within a week wow. and just went, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And this is always to mom and dad, get up, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they watch it. So yeah, okay. they love that. Okay. So that's what I did. And it was the same kind of deal. But the difference was I got knocked back from college to apply for performing yeah. arts because um, I was young and I wasn't, I wasn't talented at that point. Well, well that's because yeah. it's something I feel you have to develop and grow. Well, but the way they said the feedback to me, because I wanted them to be brutally honest, they said, "You're acting as crap. You're moving as shit. I would advise you not to come back." Really? Yes. Well, well there uh, you go. Well, then that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> oh. Yeah, in fairness, well, I did go back when I had a bit more experience, done some yeah. uh, amateur theatre, well, and what well, aced, aced my course, and I was top of my class. So brilliant. again, brilliant. get it up, you. Yeah.
1: Mm. Uh, so that was kind of so that's how I
0: kind of relate to the sliding doors moment
1: yes absolutely because to me the I made that decision and 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 I'm not somebody I never have regrets you know Mm because I've you know I've been very very fortunate to have worked along uh, with some people and various things and it's always been live Mm. on stage and I actually love the buds of being live on stage. There is nothing off. like it, is there? Absolutely nothing like it. When you're sitting on stage and you're looking out at the audience and, you know, sometimes you can see right into the eyes of the audience mm. and they, and you're thinking, they're laughing at a line that somebody's just said and you're thinking, your throat's drying up and you're thinking, what's my line, what's my line, what's my line, what's my... <laughs> But it's but it's wonderful. And then mm-hmm. see when you actually say that line and they you get that response. To me, because it's mostly comedy that I would do. Mm-hmm. But to me it's um there's no better feeling in the world than watching a group of people belly laughing. Mm-hmm. Not of the way I've probably put it across, but it's not my words. That's why I think writers are fantastic mm-hmm. in what they do, you know. Yeah. And but- the Actors have to pick that up, definitely. You know? Let's
0: talk a wee bit about your time in the construction industry oh, because gosh, that's right? well, don't worry, What um, it's an art show, we won't go too much into it. Yep, I just yep. want to hear some of the gloss, all right? <laughs> okay,
1: right, <laughs> go, go. Uh,
0: so, what, uh, so, what, uh, we had a wee kind of talk briefly about it before we went on air, but, Yeah. Uh, how long have you been in the construction industry for now? Uh,
1: maybe about
0: 43 44 years, and have you just uh, kept rising through the ranks like getting your promotions? And yeah, well, did you
1: get a better car? Oh, I did, yes, yes. (laughs) But I I, I started off working for a quarrying company, Hmm. um, and then it's quite interesting actually because I used to go when I used to go to school. I used to stand at this roundabout, because I had to take two buses, so after the first bus, I used to stand at this roundabout, and I watched all these quarrying company trucks yeah. coming round the roundabout. There was obviously a big job going on, and mm-hmm. and I found out later what it was. It was when they were building, which was the original uh, Silverburn Pollock Centre. Wow. And that's where all these trucks were running to, yeah. and that was with a company called Telcon. And... But I just found this interesting watching these trucks. Well, it just became part of every day when I was waiting on my bus. Mm. Um, But the irony is I have ended up working for their rival, which was Tarmac or Kings and Company at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they both amalgamated. Um, But I just thought, that's strange why, as a young girl, I remember watching this Mm. and then I ended up doing this job. Anyway, I digress. I'm good at that, Andrew. Don't worry, so am I. <laughs> you fit right in on this podcast. <laughs> I started in with the uh, order department, and uh, that was full on. It was the only way I could describe it as. Everybody had their own small um, switchboard mm. with five lines, wow. and you know, so you were getting all these calls coming in. And that those days, it was Glasgow City Council. Now they got that many orders from Glasgow City Council. Mm. They had a rubber stamp, so when you took orders from there, it was like bang, ba, bang, bang, bang. Hit me the mm. rubber stamp. It was, it was like the stock exchange. It was crazy. It was like about six or seven people stuck in this room, a bit like here actually, but six <laughs> or seven people stuck in this room, and 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 just answering constantly these phones, and you would literally come out of there jumping. Mm. jumping you know it was like your whole body didn't belong to you mm. um and uh, then uh i i got the my claim to fame is i was the first woman rep out in for a quarrying company in scotland well there we go that's um, yeah that's so, definitely a good, and that was uh, unusual for women to go to go onto to sites and to actually know uh, what they were talking about about, so, about materials and yeah. products and quarry products and tar and concrete How did you find dealing like with that?
0: that? What, um, what, if you don't mind me asking what year was that when you got that?
1: Uh, that would have been maybe uh, 1986 hmm. So
0: 1986. a year before I was born
1: Wow well, but Thank you, you very much for that Andrew that's made me feel so much better
0: <laughs> Yep um, <laughs>
1: That's how I make you feel feel comfortable you know
0: <laughs> well, Now my face is going the same colour as my hair <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, so obviously at that time, what well, women weren't exactly very well represented. Represented. I don't oh, think. Definitely. I still don't think they are well, as well, as much as they should be. Yeah. But how did um, how did the men find it? You know, essentially taking orders like from a woman.
1: Well, first of all, um, Tarmac had to at that time put up you know uh, internal postings, mm. so you would apply for them. So even within your own company, before you even moved out to the external, people that worked outside and how they would deal with it. But internally, you know, so I think they were a bit like, oh, Jerry's applied for this job. We're going to have to go through the interview stage with her, whether she gets it or not, because you could mm-hmm. feel that in there. Yeah. Um, but I was really lucky because the managing director at that time, I how it turns out is I didn't actually get the job. Mm-hmm. I, a guy got the job. Right. So my sliding doors moment, I come in and I say, I have, um, I've been offered a place at the academy, and I told one of the girls. And that girl then said to somebody else, oh, I think Jerry's going to be leaving because she's been offered a place in the academy. And that filtered upstairs to mm-hmm. the managing director, who I had a good rapport with. Mm-hmm. And so then I got called in to him and he said to me, Jerry, we're going to put it to you that we want you to go out and we want you to be a trainee sales representative because we'll see this as we're flying the flag for like a woman to be going out. They didn't say those words, but that's essentially what they essentially what said. were thinking. Yes. Hmm. So I said, okay. Well, I'll think about it. I was still smarter over the fact that I didn't get recognised the first time. So I said, Mm -hmm. I'll think about it. Good. And he said, um, well, what's to think about? I think you'd make a damn good rep. So what's to think about? I said, look, my mother and father thought I'd make a damn good nun, but I never done that either. (laughs) So I'll think about it and come back to you. And that's exactly what I did. And I went up the road and, of course, I thought, what do I do here? Do Do I carry on? Uh, doing the job that I'm doing with a wee bit more and don't forget the company car. Yeah. Um, or... I've
0: got to ask, what was the car
1: that we offering? It was a Ford Escort. Ford Escort. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't maybe try and negotiate, go, right, give me a Beamer. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so, so that was that. And that's exactly what i done then. And then uh, I went on to... To have my son after that. Um mm. and so it wouldn't look very good to for a pregnant woman to be out and walking about sites, you know. <laughs> well, that was a couple of years after that. But I mm. actually actually done very well. I think I done very well and
0: uh, I think even having what uh, what that cojones is about you to essentially have them over a barrel. Yes. Well and get them to pay attention to you during that time, that is that's really commendable. What well, well, mm. I, I have to say, I think you've got more balls than me brilliant
1: well you know uh, see in all honesty uh, Andrew I found that you know like that women were women men were placed in areas and women were placed in areas there Mm. were secretaries there was receptionists there was it but you know it was so the roles were defined for for people Mm. um and it was very much it was a very sexist place you know uh to 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 work in so and and somebody said to me, men don't like strong women. And I think, well, I don't know if that's right, you know? I, mm. I don't know if that's right. I think men actually probably don't have those thoughts. It's women that have those thoughts, maybe. Yeah.
0: Mostly men like strong women. My wife is a very, very <laughs> strong woman. What? Like, tr- like, trust me, like, I mm-hmm. like that because it keeps me in line and it mm-hmm. means I know what I have to do. The two yes. words that get me through my marriage are
1: yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so
0: is that why you maybe thought that the performing arts was better because it was more of a level playing field? Don't be right We find that it definitely isn't. But on the stage, you're rival to no one, essentially.
1: Uh, Probably, but I don't even think yeah i i I like that, but I don't even think that I looked that deeply into any of it. I just feel that I connected more with those with those people their way of thinking, and a uh, and i I liked a lot of the people that are involved in that mm-hmm. attitude, but the problem is I feel when. You're in performing arts, I may get shot down for doing this. Is uh, um, hey, I feel. I'm underground. <laughs> well, wait, take those shots, fire yeah. away. I feel. Mm. I feel a lot of people sometimes that are in performing arts are people who are slightly um, broken, and I think they they crave, they crave, um, you know that applauding on stage or the you know just being part of something a group and so I think it helps a lot Can of you people record my intro for that mental ginger
0: show and that's basically sums up why I made this podcast yeah. <laughs> I need to feel loved yeah <laughs> just just absolutely. re-record it for
1: me absolutely because I, I do believe that the um people and and I'm including myself in that mm. because when when, my, as I say, going back again to my own childhood, it was recognised, if you if you had a job that gave you a wage, that mm-hmm. gave you a car, that, you know, um, then, you know, oh, look at you, mm-hmm. you're a success. But if you just done something within performing arts, then in my upbringing, it was, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So are you getting a real job? Yeah, I was... Yes. That, was
0: de- that was definitely the case. Yeah,
1: and, and, and anything that you would do... They were
0: do... OK with it if it was a hobby, but if you tried to say it was, like, yes. a profession, they would be like... absolutely. No.
1: And so that's where I think that that side comes in, where it's the... Um, I think I was always probably viewed, although they would go, oh, it's just typical of you, Geraldine. Oh, that's... You know, I was always viewed as, um, yeah, but, you know, all oh, right, oh, are you doing a replay? play? Mm-hmm. So it was always, you know, all oh, right, oh, 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 all yeah. good, who's in that? You know, and... Uh, Did you ever
0: get the, oh, I'd love to come and see that, and then never turn up? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. God, that's, that's my biggest pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've, the thing but, is... As long as they paid for a ticket, I wasn't mm-hmm. bothered
1: well <laughs> what I found really interesting see my very first play that, that i done which was called Once a Catholic it was a Mary O'Malley play I've been in that oh, it I've done play. Once a Catholic absolutely brilliant yeah, I, played the, I played the father oh Father Malarkey which is which is
0: ironic me being <laughs> a proddy
1: but that's the good thing about yeah.
0: it but my mammy a, prod, <laughs> a proddy playing a Catholic in Airdrie well, and it was when that. Rangers lost the UEFA Cup final and I was singing Hail Hail in my Catholic suit and I'm like I've never drove so fast in my life <laughs>
1: Well, my mammy, she came along to see that show and I'll never forget it was performed in the Glasgow Art Centre and then it was performed in different places out in all. But the Glasgow Art Centre was... My mammy was sitting and I came out as this nun and the whole, you'll know the play, mm-hmm. uh, is that this poor girl gets the blame of everything and she doesn't do it. Mary, there's yeah. all, they're all Marys, you know? Yes, they're all Marys. And, um, and of course, I come out and... Uh, you know, I go to bless myself and uh, and I shout this girl's name and that's mm. like the blackout and then that's the end of the play. But what was really interesting was when I actually got changed and came downstairs and saw my mommy and different people from the family and I said, did you like it, mummy? Because, mm. you see, that's where it comes to, you know, like you, you're... you're desperate for for somebody Mm -hmm. to say, I like that. You know, like, it doesn't matter what other people say, but your family is very important to you. I think that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. But I said, did you like it, Mammy? And she went, I did, Geraldine, I really liked it. You know, you would have been a great nun, you know, Geraldine. And I said, do you think so, Mammy? Aye. And she says, see that wee girl that you keep shouting on? You kept shouting on her throughout the whole thing? Mm. And I said to her, she went, it wasn't her at all, Geraldine. I think you're picking on the wrong wee girl <laughs> All right. So what was interesting for me is my mammy actually believed that character. Yeah, she probably. actually believed that this was a nun, that I mm. don't know whether she sort of thought that's Geraldine that's up there or yeah. whether it is, you know. But yeah. for me, that was a good thing. It was a good thing. It's also quite a good
0: way to round it off because you'd said to your bosses, my mommy said I would be a good nun. Uh, yes, that. exactly. And that's where the stories came from. You've Absolutely. rounded it off nicely for us. Mm-hmm. So we are starting to come up in time. So I want to ask, what does 2022 hold for Geraldine? What's, what projects have you got lined up?
1: Um, well, I've uh, I've just been speaking with... Um, i have done a show last year um, called The Booth. Peter Patterson wrote that. Uh, you
0: know Peter Patterson? yeah, I know Peter. I went to I went to the the arts centre with him all those yes. years ago. That uh-huh. That's another story for another day. And, <laughs> and, Peter, Alan Bre- and Peter's and doing that. Yeah, doing
1: that again. And he's do, he's talking about bringing this out again, which is in April, May, and uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And really, what I'm looking forward to more than anything is, although I do enjoy performing, I am desperate to go and see other people performing mm-hmm. because to me it's just wonderful, and I think it's sorely, sorely. Um, to to have that, whether it be um, a comedy or whether it be drama or whatever it is, uh, I just want to see people back doing this and entertaining us, and people not to feel scared sitting in a theatre. Definitely. So so I'll round me. off
0: by asking the same question that I ask all my guests. Yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to anybody that's struggling with mental health issues, what would that one piece of advice be, and why?
1: I think I would say to people um, to not suffer in silence. And I was speaking earlier with Ross and we were speaking about this culture in Glasgow and Scotland in general, where we've all been brought up and it's like people say, you know, um, people talk about being fed up. It's a totally different thing, Mm -hmm. totally different thing. And I think we have to move away and I think we are starting to move away. People are accepting more and more just a moment here people are needing you know people want to talk about it they want to be able to go and let's change the culture of if somebody's standing in a bar and they talk about it don't be dismissive Um, and I just think in general just speak to people and tell them exactly how you're feeling don't don't paint this up because it's not good it's not good it it can only go one way Mm -hmm. you can't you can't hold that for too long it bubbles to the surface eventually Mm. and don't do that be Just get good friends around about you and, and be upfront about it.
0: Definitely. So we come to the final part of the show, which is fast becoming everybody's most loathed segment, Ask Andrew oh Anything. And oh, this yeah. is when, after me grilling the guests for how many minutes, Ross? 26. 26 minutes that you get to ask me a question. It could be about anything. It could be the most mundane question of what's your favourite Power Ranger to... Who do you think would win the fight between a chihuahua and a peacock?
1: So, oh gosh, I'm not prepared for this asking <laughs> any question, right? Um yes. Well, I think maybe my question to you would be: um, so you, st- you told me briefly that you started this because you felt this that you wanted love. Do you feel that this is helping you? Yes,
0: definitely. Brilliant. I started acting when I was six because I had no confidence in myself. um, I still don't, in all honesty. And going on stage, I felt like I belonged. I knew my lines. I knew everybody else's lines. There was even video of me telling the people on the stage of the Nativity play (laughs) that I was in the right and they were wrong and it was their lines. (laughs) You see my mum and dad's head hitting the floor going, Oh my God. But I was right. So it Brilliant. was fair enough, well, and I felt like I belonged there. I knew what I was doing. I felt confident. I got to be someone else for a little while. That's the that's the critical yeah. thing, isn't it? And I got to, and what was quite funny because I got to tell people they were wrong, and I knew. it. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of went on from there, and I did. I went on the stage for 20, 20 years. What I bowed out doing the steamy with. Uh, and well the, done the steamy. Yeah. Well I only got it because ironically Peter Patterson pulled out of the park because that's who they wanted. <laughs> right. So again Peter get it up you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and well I thought that's been 20 years I've been doing acting well I've always wanted to be in the Steamy it was a sold out run well, and that was my, kind of my final bow. Yeah. Well, I did, uh, set up my own theatre company did a wee kind of year long project but that broke me because no one really came to see it i booked out a 150 seater theater for two nights and i got 15 people over so hard isn't it it, is it was hard. it was a nightmare and it yeah. broke me and yeah. i just thought i don't want to go back onto that kind of life
1: no i understand that totally but because i've been there where it's been like you put so much effort into stuff like that but um i would say you know you're saying that you don't have a uh, confidence i think when you're talking about a subject that's passionate, you do have confidence, because it's coming across that you do have confidence. So I would say keep going. You're obviously doing very well, and I think it is. I've answered my own question to you. I think you are coming full circle and good for you.
0: Thank you very much. Well, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, Geraldine. thank you. It's not, it wasn't but as nerve-wracking as I thought it was going to be.
0: But I love how when you say, said thank you, you did the kind of wee retreat into the shell that you were talking about. We yes, just, I just like yes. go... Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, when you shouldn't be because. I think that's school.
1: <laughs> but not only <laughs> have
0: culture. you been like a, like a real trailblazer on stage, you've been a trailblazer off the stage, mm. well, especially in what was such a male dominated industry. And I've got nothing but love and respect for you. Thank well, you. And I really hope like, that I get to mm-hmm. see you. So when is. Do you know. Have you got the dates for the booth yet?
1: Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I just got contacted to see that they are looking to bring that up, uh, bring that back. And I think that'll be April, May. And last time we done it in East Kilbride, it was. Huge. It went on and mm-hmm. on, and they they really had thought about taking it on to a, a, a small tour, and um, yeah. but COVID saw to that. Like it saw to a lot of other yeah. people's plans, you know. Yeah, because is Colin Skiggle still involved? Uh, I'm not sure how much Colin's involved because he. I think he's looking maybe to get back to doing his own. Um, a, singing uh, yeah. and stuff like that and what he's involved in and obviously uh you know he's got um, he's got other commitments like we all have you know at home mm-hmm. you know yeah. oh. but uh, i would like to i would like to think he might be somewhere you yeah. know well and keep me updated when it,
0: yeah, the booth comes back i on. absolutely will yes so until next time my faithful followers, i have been andrew durning this has been the lovely geraldine green hill so until next time take care stay safe bye bye